Muslim Radio Weekly is brought to you by United Hands for Relief and Development. Support their projects on uhrelief.org. Good Tree Academy. To enroll your child or to support our future Muslim leaders, visit goodtreeacademy.org. And Noor Art. Find their educational Islamic products on noorart.com. Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak to everyone. This is KM Dean with Muslim Radio Weekly on Radio Wazad. Today is our first episode of Muslim Radio Weekly in the month of Ramadan. We're going to try our best this month to make Muslim Radio Weekly a good companion for you to use this month to get closer to Allah. So let's get started with the show. First, we're going to hear from Sister Noor Sade her greeting and message about this blessed month of Ramadan. Then we're going to hear a khutbah from Gutri Academy's new principal, Principal Wadud Hassan, about improving our Salat in Ramadan. And then I'm going to address the incident at the Oscars briefly. And lastly, Hamza will be here with Sports Talk. Here's Sister Noor. The discipline of Ramadan. Ahlan wa sahlan ya Ramadan. Welcome, welcome Ramadan. Muslims the world over prepare this month for the start of the 30-day fast of Ramadan. Many women prepare and cook foods and tasty treats ahead, while others step up their Quran reading in the hopes of reading the Quran from start to finish. It's a joyous time for some, yet a trial and a time of deprivation for others. It all depends on how we view it. The verses in the Quran tell us, O you who believe, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you, that you may attain mindfulness of God. We learn that fasting is nothing new for Muslims, but was practiced by other pious communities in the past and present. Muslims abstain from food, drink, and intimate relations during the daylight hours for a period of 30 days. Excuses are given to the elderly, the sick, the traveler, the nursing or pregnant mother, and women during their menses with an admonition to make up those missed days at a later time. Additional verses of Hadith remind us that God is in no need of our fast if we are harsh or short-tempered with one another due to the rigors of fasting. Muslims learn all these rulings from an early age. We attend religious lessons to remind us each year. But I think we're missing a very large point. Within each of the five pillars of Islam, those five action items of obedience and worship are built-in life skills that are far too often implemented during the few minutes devoted to the five daily prayers, the 30 days of Ramadan, the annual mandatory charity, and the 10 days of Hajj. What happens to the lessons learned? What life skills do we learn through fasting that we can adopt outside of Ramadan. Preparation. It is known that the companions of Muhammad وسلم, used to prepare months in advance for the sighting of the crescent moon of Ramadan. Our preparations can include not only shopping for and making food ahead, but training ourselves to sleep a bit early and a bit less, start reading Quran a bit more daily, and adding those extra voluntary prayers into our routine. Some perhaps start weaning themselves from cigarettes, coffee, television, 
screens, and retail therapy, otherwise known to us ladies as shopping. We might freshen our prayer clothes, wash and perfume our prayer rugs. We work toward a different state of mindfulness, contemplation, and turning out of life and into a law. Also, we prepare to be on our guard with our tongue and emotions. Discipline. Waking up for Sahur takes discipline. A far more happy person is the one who wakes extra early for that last meal before the Avana Fedger and the start of the long day's fast. After a long, hot summer day of no food and drink, we tend to overindulge the amount of food we consume, even though it was the habit of Muhammad, peace be upon him, to break his fast simply and eat normally and not prepare a feast every evening. Self-restraint. News from the Gulf. Local hospitals on the first night of Ramadan reported record number of patients suffering gastric stress. We consume far too much food, more food than is necessary. The lesson to be learned is one of self-restraint, not of overindulgence. An obvious perk being that this year you will not gain weight during Ramadan. Balance. Being Muslim in a non-Muslim country requires a balancing act. How to manage the fast, the prayers, the extra Quran and long prayers at night coupled with a 9 to 5 schedule without an understanding manager or boss. Employers in Muslim lands make changes in the work schedule to accommodate the special needs of employees this month. But in any other land, particularly Western ones, Muslims need to plan ahead to work through their usual lunch breaks and head home early for that much needed nap, if employers agree. Patience! Sleep! We all love it and don't function well without it. Sleep, however, is perhaps even a more priceless commodity than that first sip of water at sunset in Ramadan, and one we never quite get enough of. Managing sleep deprivation can test the stronger character. And character. This is perhaps our biggest hurdle. How much do we let our good character slide when we are fasting? We become short-tempered, anxious, and angry when we have not properly weaned ourselves from cigarette and caffeine addictions and are lacking proper amounts of sleep. Imagine that you looked at Ramadan as not just a time to fast, but a time to build your character. 30 days to practice and cement those life skills into your daily routine. What would our society look like after Ramadan if we were able to add the skills of preparation, discipline, self-restraint, balance, patience, and character? Wishing all of you a blessed Ramadan. It's
serving the American Muslim community for over 20 years, helping to build Muslim identity in children through songs, stories, and animations, then as your partner in education with Islamic schools. With thousands of carefully selected titles and exemplary customer service, Noor Art is a great source for all your Islamic educational needs. Your Islamic educational partner, Noor Art. Visit NoorArt.com. filled with reminders to increase our faith. Here's a replay. Let's hear a khutbah replay from Principal Wadud Hassan of Guthrie Academy, giving us advice on how to improve our salat this Ramadan. Worship Allah, وَأَقِيمِ salah. Establish your salah. Establish your salah. Don't just pray your salah, but build your salah up. Establish your salah. لِذِكْرِ You know when you're building a Lego set, you just don't just, you have to really focus. And you get like your new set of Legos. You don't just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go there and just, my mind's going to be somewhere else and I'm just going to like, run my hands through all the Legos, it will build itself to a beautiful tower. That's not going to happen. When you want to build something beautiful and especially something big, you have to really pay attention. And you really have to fully be there. And you really have to understand all the different pieces. And you have to, you have to connect those little pieces together really well to really establish that piece, build that piece. Allah is saying, Aqim is salah. Establish, build, beautifully construct and present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know when we pray, Allah has allowed us to pray. When we are all here, when we are all here in this space and we're praying, Allah has invited us and we are, Allah has invited us and we have responded to Allah's call. And we came here by the invitation. When someone very, very special invites you, you know, the mayor of the city invites you, the president invites you, someone really important invites you. And you're like, wow, out of all these people, I was chosen to go meet the president. Out of all these people, I was invited to go to meet someone very special. So sometimes when you are allowed, if you're going to visit someone really special and you're allowed, you take a very special gift. And you just don't take any gift, you choose the gift really carefully. And you also wrap the gift. And you wrap your gift and you present it very beautifully. So what we are trying to offer to Allah, because Allah has allowed us to come and pray, is this beautiful, we want to wrap our salah, we want to beautify our salah and present it in a way that is worthy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This salah is a gift. 
قَدْ أَحْسَحُمَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Allah says that the believers have succeeded الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ Those who pray their salah with this sense of humility, Allah, thank you for inviting me for this prayer. And I'm going to pray with this sense of humility and awe. That I'm standing in front of Allah. And you know this salah, it's a gift. It's the crown jewel of all our worship. Salah. If there was anything more important than salah, then Allah would have given that as a gift to the Prophet on the night of Miraj. If Allah has invited the Prophet to go all the way up in the presence of God, if Allah has invited the Prophet to go all the way up to meet and visit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then would Allah have chosen anything other than what is the, the best gift? Allah has given the Prophet the most important, the best gift. And it is the gift of prayer. It is the gift of salah. But how many of us are taking this as a gift? If we fast 30 days and we're like, Mom, Dad, what are you, what are you getting, getting from me? What type of gift are you getting from me if I, if I fast for all 30 days? When I finish my juz, it does say like $1,000 or a trip to Disney or a really nice vacation or a hotel. Whatever they are saying, whatever, if they come up with something really good, really amazing, and you're like, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to work for that. But salah is a gift that is way better than those gifts. Because whatever you ask Allah after the salah, Allah will grant it to you. Especially, salah is the key to the best of all gifts, which is the jannah. And in jannah, the best of all gifts is to visit and meet Allah. And salah is the key to that. Good Dream Academy Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi With your support, alhamdulillah, Good Tree has come to our 13th year of operation. Back in 2009, when we started Good Tree under the vision of our dear, beloved resident scholar, Imam Yusuf Zia Kabakchi, it was a dream to build a school to cultivate American Muslim leaders and scholars at Good Tree. Join us, inshallah, at our upcoming fundraiser, Loving the Quran and Living the Quran. We'll feature Imam Abdurrahman Bashir, and we'll also feature our leadership team and our student council talking about their journey through the Quran, their journey at Guthrie Academy. We're trying to build and restructure and at higher quality middle school. We're trying to expand our leadership development program, pre-alim and dual credit program for high school. We're trying to add a separate full-time HIFS track next year at Guthrie. And we're trying to strengthen our athletics, our arts and extracurriculars at Guthrie Academy so that we develop well-rounded kids that are rooted, centered in the Quran, the love of the Quran and our deen, but also, mashallah, they're excelling in their core academics so they can become leaders and scholars that we envisioned 13 years ago. Join us Saturday, April 9th, inshallah. It'll be 7th of Ramadan at Crystal Banquet in Plano at 6 p.m. Invite all of you to come and attend our fundraiser, see our students and our work in action, support us, make dua for us, and let's take the school, our facilities, our programming to the next level. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Buy your tickets online at gutriacademy.org slash tickets. Support us by texting Ramadan 2022 on 41444. Muslim Radio Weekly on Radio Azad. Ramadan is a time for giving back and coming together as one community. This year, why not help the less fortunate? 
United Hands for Relief and Development provides food aid worldwide so that families can eat during this holy month of fasting. With only 15 days left till Ramadan, your donation will go a long way in helping the most vulnerable. Your support can help a family break their fast with a nutritious iftar meal, offer the necessary items for Ramadan, provide children with new clothes, sponsor a community iftar, and more. Just visit uhrelief.org and make your donation. You know when you guys all say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, you're telling, you're telling your heart, hey heart, Allah is more important than anything else that you're thinking about. Hey mind, whatever thoughts you're having, Allah is more important than those thoughts. So we, we're saying Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater. But you've already said it one time, why are you guys saying it again? When you go down for ruku, when you go down for sujood, when you're doing all the movements, why do you keep saying Allah Akbar, guys? Why do we keep saying Allah Akbar? Because as we're praying, our mind drifts again. We start thinking about some other thoughts, right? We forget that we're in front of Allah. So our teachers and our scholars, they teach us that every time you say Allahu Akbar, again, say to yourself, Allah is greater than my thoughts. Where's my mind? Where's my heart? Say Allahu Akbar and bring it back. Like Allah is in front of me. Allah is looking at me. Allah's mercy is coming down upon me. And this salah will be the key to Allah's pleasure. And it's a gift that Allah has given me. So bring your mind back in your salah. Imam Ghazali said that in addition to presence of heart, there is something else that you need to have. Second thing that you need to have in your salah is you need to stand in front of Allah with respect. We don't just stand like this and just like move around like, well, we're just like, you know, talking to anybody else, just moving around or just not really paying attention. Rather, when you stand in front of Allah, you stand with some respect. And he said, you have to have ta'zeem of Allah, reverence and respect of Allah. And he said, not just some respect that you have for your teacher. If Ustad Michael is talking to you, you'll show him some respect. Maybe you'll talk to him nicely because he's your teacher. And you might show some respect. Imam Ghazali said, respect is not enough. You have to go one more step. The third step is haiba. What's haiba? Haiba means awe. Wow. When you're standing in front of like a mighty king, you're standing in front of Allah, you know, my girls and I were um, in Florida recently and we were at the beach and we picked up um, some sand in our fingers, in between our fingers, right? And we said, do we know how many sands are in between our fingers? Not even in our palm, just in between our fingers. Just how many, we couldn't even count the number of sand grains, the grains of sands within our two fingers. But Allah knows the number and of grains of sands, exact number in the entire world. This is what Allah is. He knows every drop of water, every leaf that falls. SubhanAllah, we're standing in front of that Allah, that He can hear all the billions of people at the same time and respond to all their du'as. That's all. Imam Ghazali said, you need to bring your heart to Allah when you pray, have respect and have awe, like wow, in front of, standing in front of Allah. Then Imam Ghazali said the fourth thing you should have, the fourth quality you should have, is this sense of, you know, hudur al-qalb, presence of heart, number one. Number two, Imam Ghazali said you should understand what you're reciting in your salah. 
Number three, you should have respect. Number four, you should have awe. Number five, you should have this humility, haya in front of Allah. That, wow, I don't always, am I, I'm not always my best. I commit all the sins and I don't always do my best things, but Allah still invited me to stand in front of Him, have a sense of humility in front of Allah, haya. And the sixth quality Imam Ghazali said, sixth quality Imam Ghazali said, to have a sense of raja, like a lot of hope. In your, in your heart, have hope that inshallah, even if I'm not worthy, Allah will give me so many gifts through this salah. Have a lot of hope. So I want to end this khutbah by just telling you a few things that we can think about in our salah. Do you guys know that when you're reciting Fatiha, when you're reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, that Allah responds back to you? Do you all know? When you're reciting Alhamdulillah, Rabbi Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Allah subhanahu responds back to us, right? So when you're, when you're saying Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Allah responds to you. Allah looks at you and Allah responds back to you. Hamadani Abdi, my slave has praised me. And when he says, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Afna alayya Abdi, my slave keeps on praising me. My servant keeps on praising me. Maliki Yawmiddin, Majjadani Abdi, my slave has glorified me. For every ayah, Allah is talking back to you. Allah is responding to you. So when you're talking to someone and you're having a conversation by recitation of the Qur'an, when you're doing one ayah, Alhamdulillah, pay attention and seek out that blessing from Allah. Allah is speaking to me. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Allah is speaking back to me. Maliki al-Mitin, Allah is speaking back to me. Allah is speaking back to me. Bring your mind back to know that Allah is responding to you. Okay? And then when you go in Ruku, when he says, Do you know what's the most vulnerable position in your Salah? The most vulnerable position in your prayer? The most vulnerable position in your prayer is your Ruku. When you're, when you're, when you're bowing down in your Ruku. Because when you're in Ruku, if somebody just pushes you a little bit with their two fingers, you can tip over. But Adim, you're saying, Like when you're vulnerable, at that time, you're remembering that I might be in the most vulnerable position in my, in my salah, but Allah is Adim. He's the most established. He's the most, he's the highest. He's the greatest. He's the most majestic. Allah is Adim. And when you're going down in sujood and you're saying, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, Allah is the highest, it's completely opposite to you and me. We're rubbing our face on the ground, on the sand, on the earth, on the soil. You know, on our masallah, and we're saying, Allah, I am the lowest. My face is on the ground. But you are the highest. Subhanallah. You are the highest. Right? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to have beautiful prayer. The Prophet ﷺ told us in a hadith in Bukhari, Ibn Abbas radiallahu narrated, that if anybody, any of you pray just two rakah, just two cycles of prayer, two rakah, with reflection, with reflection, meaning that you're really thinking about Allah, you're thinking about what you're reciting, then that is better than standing and praying for the entire night. Somebody prays all night, but their heart is not there. And somebody prays just two rakah, and their heart is there. And Allah loves that. And another narration says, when you just do two cycles of prayer, and you are just really thinking and feeling and experiencing Allah, Allah forgives all your past sins. Can we all try, when we say Allahu Akbar today, to think about how to have respect of Allah in our heart? Or how to think about Allah's greatness in our heart? 
After every ayah you recite about from Fatiha, think about how Allah is responding back to you. And when your mind drifts and your thoughts go somewhere else, when you say Allahu Akbar again, can you bring your mind back to Allah? Can you all try today? Try to feel and experiencing Allah observing you. Our Prophet said, pray to Allah as if you can see Him. How would you pray if you saw Allah? Like, oh my God, Allah, I can see Allah. Wow. I am not going to think about nothing else. I can see Allah. But if you cannot do that, the Prophet said, know that Allah sees you. So at least act like you know that Allah is seeing you. He's just looking at you. He's responding to you. Can you all try today? Who's going to give it a try? We're going to try to be closer to Allah this Ramadan is we want you to do your five prayer with your heart. Experiencing Allah. Trying to feel Allah. Trying to feel the presence of Allah as you recite the Quran. We'll all try to. May Allah grant us all the tawfiq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness and continue to give us tawfiq to increase us in every way. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, every, every way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the beautiful tawfiq. Amin. Please donate to support our future Muslim leaders. Visit goodtreeacademy.org slash donate. Muslim Radio Weekly on Radio Azad. Green Vine Market has Ramadan specials for you. Sales on meat like lamb and goat. Also in the cafe, an iftar package with a different entree every day of the week. Visit greenvinemarket.com for the details. Ramadan Mubarak again to you, our listeners. This is KM Dean with Muslim Radio Weekly. I want to briefly address the incident that happened at the Oscars. There are so many things to be said about this, and I want to make a segment maybe next week, inshallah, to discuss lessons to be learned from this situation with Imam Muhammad al-Dursani. But today... I want to play for you two songs that will remind us of how our beautiful Dean of Islam has teachings that can help us human beings avoid mistakes and embarrassing situations, damaging situations like this one. The first song is a message for Will Smith. I chose this song because it seems like in his acceptance speech, he was shocked that he did what he did as if that was not him, as if he was saying, that was not me. Our prophet, peace be upon him, warns us about getting angry, because if you're in a state of anger, you could do things you would never imagine yourself doing. You could become someone that you're not. Here's That Was Not Me on Muslim Radio Weekly. Forgive me for what 
control I need to breathe in I need to blow it out I need to drink some water And put the fire out I need to sit down Or lay down on the ground So I don't lose control Did you know that was not me With all that anxiety Then I got angry For Chris Rock. I know he was just doing his job and he should not have been assaulted. But as for his job and the way he does it, it is definitely disliked by Allah, according to Allah's words in the Quran. To say disrespectful things for the sake of a joke is something we Muslims should never do. Here's guard your tongue. I wanted to take these few moments to share with you a reminder that I myself need and I think most of us need in regards to uh, guarding and respecting the gift that Allah has given us, our tongues. Allah and His Messenger And this is ayah number 11. It's an address to those who believe. And the first thing Allah says is, Ya amanu la min qawmin. Those of you who believe, don't let any group among you poke fun at any other. Now making fun of someone or being sarcastic against someone, a lot of times, in, especially nowadays, it's considered like a sign of intelligence. 
That guy's really funny. That guy makes a lot of funny jokes, or he's got a lot of sarcastic remarks that are like rapid fire. They come out of him one after another. And when people around you laugh at your joke, you figure, hey, this is kind of, it's, it's pretty much an ego boost, right? So you come up with the next diss or the next sarcastic remark, and you kind of feed off of the laughter of others. So you can get caught up in this thing. And Allah is telling us in the surah that this is something that can take away the very fabric of the brotherhood we enjoy among each other. If you're a person and I'm a person that we don't care if we make snickering comments about someone and filthy language just rolls off our tongue, then you know what that suggests? That faith isn't there. Because once Iman is there, these things are ugly to you, despicable to you. You wouldn't even want to go near them. And at the end of this, if you realize maybe, maybe my faith is being hurt, maybe I haven't cried in Salah forever and ever, and I haven't really remembered Allah or thanked Him, and maybe you realize that your real disease is nothing but your lack of controlling your tongue. The more filthy words you use, the blacker your heart gets. Maybe if you realize that now, then now would be the time you make tawbah. Now immediately would be the time you... I'm not going to do this again. Allah and His Messenger have warned us to guard the tongue. It's one of the hardest things to and updates from the sports world sports talk assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh i am your host hamza saraswat and welcome back to sports talk before i dive into today's topics i would like to wish y'all a very happy ramadan mubarak i hope you guys are taking advantage of this blessed month and um i hope you know you're praying your salah you're doing your zikr you're making your dua uh, and uh, I hope we can all take uh, advantages of, you know, uh, of the blessings. And I, I know I'm saying this twice, but I really hope we're taking advantages of the blessings that are in this month. All right, so let's hop right into sports. Let's start off with the NBA. The regular season is winding down. Uh, we only got a few games left, maybe five to six. And uh, the Lakers are out of the playoffs right now. They're out of the play-in tournament, right? Uh, they're tied with Spurs. Uh, they're tied uh, for the 10th and 11th seed in the Western Conference at 31 and 45 with the Spurs. Currently, the Lakers are on a four-game losing streak. The Spurs lost their last one, uh, their last game. Honestly, even though AD is coming back, even though LeBron is you know in in and out of the lineups, uh, I don't see them making it very far. Even if they do make the playing tournament. I wouldn't mind seeing um, the Spurs actually kind of make a run. I could see them definitely beating the Pelicans, who are currently the ninth seed. I don't see them beating the Clippers, who are currently the eighth seed, or the Timberwolves, because the Timberwolves, while they are you know pretty on and off, they are um, they're a solid team. They have a lot of good solid pieces, 
And, uh, you know, the Spurs can definitely make the playing tournament. I just don't see them making it far, farther than that. The Lakers, I don't see them making the playing tournament. I wouldn't be shocked if they did, but I really could care less. I mean, you kind of have to talk about the Lakers if you're, you know, doing a sports show. Uh, I'm not going to give them too much time. Um, I don't really, you know, they get talked about enough. And I feel like uh, they're not really worth the time that they're given, right? LeBron averaging 30, obviously, uh, in his 19th, 19th season. It's amazing what he's doing, but the team is just not worth talking about, right? Moving on, who is the MVP, right? And, and and there's two players, right, outside of the main three that have been in the discussion that have been in the discussion for pretty much the whole season. There are two players who people are coming out putting a lot of support behind them in the media, on Twitter, just the fans in general. So, you know, as we all know, the three main candidates are Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid, right? Those are three big men, very, very skilled big men. Um, Jokic is playing out of his mind. Embiid, you know, he, he's always been on the more injured side. But this year, he he's, you know, he's kind of stayed... Uh, in the game, he, he's really stayed engaged. He's pretty much averaging 30. Uh, and then Giannis. Giannis, the Greek freak, does what the Greek freak does. Um, they just beat the Nets in a crazy overtime game. And he had a really beautiful step back three to send that game to overtime. And when I tell you the league should be put on notice with that shot, and I mean it, I really, like, I mean that. Like, come on, that is scary, man. For Giannis to be able to hit a step back three in the clutch over a defender, that wasn't an open shot, right? Uh, that's scary. It shows that he's improving constantly. It shows that he's always working at his game. And it shows that he's going to be one of the greatest power forwards ever. And he's already in that combo in terms of top five, top 10, right? But he, you know, he has two defensive player of the years. So, I'm not, excuse me, he has two MVPs. Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP, and a Final, right? He's already up there in, in, in terms of power forwards, right? Definitely be- better than Anthony Davis uh, all-time and currently. All right. So, yeah. In my opinion, though, Jokic is the MVP. They're, like Jokic is the only reason that the Nuggets are relevant, right? Um, they're not in the plane. They're the sixth seed. 46 wins, 31 losses. They're comfortably ahead of the Timberwolves by three games. And Jokic is the only reason they're in the position they are. Sure, Aaron Gordon's a good piece. Uh, Monte Morris, great. Boogie Cousins has come back, and you know he's doing some good things over there. Austin Rivers, another great piece. But they're missing Jamal Murray, Jokic's running mate, as well as Michael Porter Jr., who was supposed to stay, take... That next step to superstardom, he just signed that big contract, and you know it, things are really looking up to him. I've never really been a big fan of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I always thought he had that potential. Uh, just his basketball IQ isn't uh, completely completely there all the time. Um, if you watch him play, he kind of runs into players like well, when he has the ball, he kind of just chucks up shots, and yeah, it's all good and well when it goes in. But when you're, you know, you're looking for a good look, a quality look, you know, when it's crunch time, I haven't seen him kind of, you know, make players around him better. He kind of just takes the ball and, and, ch- and chucks something up. But that obviously it comes with developing a player, developing the mindset 
and, and stuff like that, right? Becoming a leader for a team if you're going to be the best player on a team, right? And Jokic, Jokic does all of that. He really has to be the MVP. And I, I understand he won it last year. But like I said, the Nuggets are, all, are in this position only and solely because of Jokic, right? He has just put them on his back and he's played phenomenally, right? And this is not a knock against Embiid and Giannis. This is probably one of the closest uh, playoff race, races in a while. Um, so, yeah, we have those three. And then we talk about the other two that are outside of the conversation. And I, and I really feel like I have to mention them. Devin Booker and John Morant, the Suns and the Grizzlies. The Suns are the first seed in the West. They have the best record in the league. Grizzlies, okay, look, they made the playoffs last year. You know, the, uh, they beat the Warriors in the play and, and all that. I did not see them being this good this year, right? They, they took a game off of the uh, one seed Jazz uh, in last year's playoffs. I was like, okay, you know, they're showing potential. Uh, they'll definitely be a playoff team. But in no way, shape, or form did I think that they were going to be this good. I mean, 54 wins, 23 losses, currently on a six-game winning streak. John Morant deserves to be in the MVP conversation, and Devin Booker deserves to be in the MVP conversation. I mean, the Suns have a 62-win record, right? Only 14 losses. Um, not, now, I'm not saying they deserve the MVP. They deserve to be in that conversation, right? And and, and, and in my opinion, it's Booker more than Morant. Obviously, his team has the better record. Um, Morant's team is better without him. This is not a knock against Morant, but Morant's team is better without uh, Morant than the Suns are without Book, right? But Book kept the ship afloat when CP3 wasn't there, right? Um I mean, these are two teams that, that really could make a good run into the playoffs. And a dark horse in the Western Conference and a team that I think doesn't get talked about enough is the Dallas Mavericks. All right? It's the hometown team, the Dallas Mavericks, led by Luka Doncic. They made that move for Spencer Dinwiddie. I know I've talked about this before, but I feel like that was a really underrated move. He's been playing amazing for them, whether he's coming off the bench in the starting lineup he has missed a few games here and there with you know some injuries and stuff like that but um really uh, I, I think he takes some of that load off of luca and we, we we've seen his shot creating ability his playmaking ability a lot of what he showcased in his time with the nets right uh, he was kind of coming off of the injury when he was with the wizards um you know maybe the, the system is a better fit for him Jason Kidd is the head coach, maybe, uh, you know. Uh, they play amazing defense. Uh, they're the third seed. And, okay, if the playoffs started today, they would play the Nuggets, right? I don't see them dropping a seed. They're playing amazing. Um, the Warriors have fallen to the fourth seed. Um, they, they're a real dark horse, and I wouldn't be surprised if Luka takes this Mavericks team and they go on a mini run. I could see them making the conference finals very easily. Now, who they're going to play when they get there, I'm not sure, but it's going to be very interesting, right? Um, so, yeah, so that is my thoughts on the MVP conversation. Quick, Paul George coming back is a healthy surprise. Um, the Clippers can maybe make some noise. Currently, they are the eighth seed. I think they'll win their playing games, and they'll play the Suns. Uh, that'll be a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals. Um, obviously I don't think they're going to beat the Suns, especially, you know, the, the Suns are just the best team in the league by far, but, uh, they'll definitely give them a run for their money. 
Now, if Kawhi comes back, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, that's a completely different story. That they'll, they'll probably probably be like the best bet. Excuse me. <laughs> they'll probably be like the best best eighth seed um, ever, right? Uh, may, maybe save for the Brooklyn Nets on the other uh, in the other conference, right? But uh, yeah, the Clippers can kind of make some noise. Maybe if they make that seventh seed and you know they get the Grizzlies in the first round, um, maybe they could do something with that. Uh, Robert Williams getting injured for the Boston Celtics. Uh, I believe he did have a meniscus tear. He had a successful surgery, and they are saying that he's going to make his return in four to six weeks, which will obviously be when the Celtics are in the midst of their playoff run right now. And the seating at the top of the Eastern Conference is really, really messy. A lot of teams jockeying for position. Currently, the Celtics are the third seed. Um, they're pretty much a game within second and, and two games within first, and they're a game, they're two games from fifth and a game from fourth, right? So it's, it's very close. The top five teams are very close. Even the Raptors, the Raptors only one game, uh, uh, two games out of the, the fourth spot, right? Uh, the Nets, I think at this point, they're pretty much going to play in the, in the play in, uh, regardless of, you know, what, what happens. Like the the playing tournament is pretty much set with the Knicks and the Wizards being kicked out from playoff contention. Uh, we got the Hawks at the 10th seed, the Hornets who have been on fire after the All Star break. Um, Lamelo, Miles Bridges, they're really coming together. I saw a report today that Gordon Hayward is planning to make a return, so that's going to be interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean the the East is pretty much wrapped up in terms of like the playing and, and whatnot. But in terms of the top seeding, that's going to be very interesting. And depending on who the Celtics get, Jalen, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are definitely enough to get them past pretty much most teams. But Robert Williams was really the anchor of that team. He really brought that sense of defense to them, that de- that defensive identity. And I'm really, you know, uh, you know, just kind of wondering what they're going to do with him. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, for them playing without him. I think they, they've really come together as a team. They've really fixed up their mistakes. And I, I, I just, I just I'll, I'll be watching the Celtics pretty closely at the start of the playoffs, right? All right, so we talked about the NBA. Let's get right into UFC 273 on April 9th. Is, this is a stat card. I mean, from the prelims to the main card, we're just we're just going to talk about the uh, three premier fights, right? We got Gilbert Burns versus Hamza Chamayev in the welterweight division. We got the bantamweight belt up for grabs in this ridiculous grudge match: Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan. Uh, and then we got the featherweight title up for grabs: Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie, right? So let's talk about this Hamza fight. I mean, this is a huge bump up in comp- competition. He went from the 10th ranked welterweight fighting uh, the, the Chinese fighter. I don't, not really sure how to say his name. name. His nickname is The Leech. Um, so he went from fighting The Leech to fighting a top ranked former title contender, Gilbert Burns, who is just a monster everywhere. I mean, he's a highly ranked black belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, his stand-up is superb. He rocked uh, Kamaru Usman in their title fight. He's one of the best welterweights out there. 
And if Hamza does what he's done to his other opponents to Gilbert Burns, then I'll buy into the hype, right? As of right now, he's he's a Muslim fighter. I'll, 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 I'll always root for him. But usually with hype trains and especially in the fight game, you really got to see them up against some real competition. Like, like for example, I'm not buying into that Sean O'Malley hype train uh, right now. I want to see him fight some good comp, right? Hamza Chemaev, very risky fight for Gilbert Burns. And he was just talking about how risky of a move this was. But he's like, you have to fight everyone if you want to get another shot at the title, right? And and this is uh, very intriguing. Because Hamza, he fights at middleweight and welterweight. You know, uh, there's a lot of intriguing, intriguing matchups for him at both weight classes and with both champions. I mean, if he could fight at this high level, I definitely want to see him fight Kamar Osman or Israel Adesanya, right? But he, th- this is really his his proving grounds. This is the fight that proves if he's hype, if the hype is real or not. This is really his fight to prove that. I'll definitely be on the lookout for this. Um, going on to this grudge match, the bantamweight belt, Aljamain Sterling uh, is the current bantamweight champ. He did, quote-unquote, beat Piotr Jan. Now, you know, if you follow MMA, a lot of, a lot of controversy around these two guys. Uh, when they first fought, Piotr Jan was disqualified with a very, very illegal knee. And I, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't think Aljo was faking was faking in, in, in the moment in that octagon when he was... Uh, Hit with the illegal knee. Um, uh, you, I, I think as fans, we don't really comprehend how hard these fighters hit, right? And he was out of it. And obviously, that's n- like, you know, no one wants to win a title like that. But Jan was in the wrong. Aljo won the belt because of that. He was losing the fight. Aljo came out strong, and you could see he was gassing. And Jan ate his best shots and was absolutely giving it to Aljo and he he was kind of ragdolling him too with those 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 sneaky trips Jan has and stuff but um yeah Jan was winning that fight he gave that fight away he gave his belt away uh I think he beats out Sterling for sure uh in in this in this rematch um I don't think there's a lot of fighters out there that can't that can beat Pewter Jan I really want to see him fight TJ Dillashaw to me, that's really intriguing because, you know, Jan is really just like a computer and he downloads, you know, he spends like the first two to three minutes of the first round just downloading information on his opponent. And then he just uses all your moves against you. And I feel like TJ Dillashaw has enough of a, enough of a striking background and, is, and, and you know, is so uh, just like engulfed in MMA and the way he talks about how he trains, I feel like he'll have an answer for Pewter Jan. And I definitely would love to see that matchup, but I def I have Jan taking the rematch. Uh, Aljo's good. He's just not Jan good. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean zombie. It was supposed to be his third fight against Max Holloway. In my opinion, Max Holloway won both of those fights. He should still be the champ. But I do have a lot of respect for for Volkanovski because that 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 Ortega fight was ridiculous, man. It was ridiculous. The way he fought out of that guillotine, that arm, the the triangle, then the arm bar, and just he showed the true heart of a champion. And I'm gonna admit this: I wasn't the biggest Volkanovski fan simply because I thought Holloway won those other two fights. 
But after that fight, you can't, you, you can't have anything but respect for that man. You know, he put it all out there, and he put on a championship performance. That That's a champion right there. The way he fought out of that guillotine, that's ridiculous. I thought for sure o- Ortega had won the fight, right? So that is UFC 273. It's going to be an amazing card. Again, I just talked about, you know, the top three fights. You know, the, the from top to bottom, this card is stacked. Check it out on April 9th. Jazakumullah uh, khairan everyone for listening and Ramadan Mubarak. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Conversation and updates from the sports world. Sports talk. Jazakumullah khairan to our sponsors. United Hands for Relief and Development. Support their projects on uhrelief.org. Good Tree Academy. To enroll your child or to support our future Muslim leaders, visit GoodTreeAcademy.org. And Noor Art. Find their educational Islamic products on NoorArt.com. To sponsor Muslim Radio Weekly in our production efforts, visit MuslimRadioNetwork.org for your tax-deductible donation. This is KM Dean for Muslim Radio Weekly. See you next week, inshallah. Salamu alaikum.